Hello and welcome to the Rugby Junkie Podcast, episode number 10. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of March, 2018. That's 10, guys. We made double digits. Yippee! (laughs) I I am here, as every week, with Johnny and Martin. How's it going, guys? Howdy. How's it going? Good. So so we went nine episodes without uh without getting sued or any formal complaints. <laughs> I'm gonna choose that's due to uh our well behaved um podcast and not our lack of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? So um yeah, we might as well just crack straight into it. Um bit of a shake up in terms of the way we usually do things. We'll probably just run through some of the news items first and delve into them a little bit and what they mean and then just have a look at previewing next weekend's games towards the back end so first point first into the news um i guess one of the big ones this week adam jones announced his retirement at the end of the season uh 95 whale caps five i think five british and irish test caps um obviously a massive servant to wales and to rugby in general so yeah pretty big announcement coming there yeah i think i think i read a statement something i think he did more than 400 games professionally played Fucking crazy for a prop too. For a prop, the amount of games he's played, but he just like. Do you ever remember him not being around as a kid? I always remember him being in the Welsh team, even when I was young. Like, yeah, he just yeah. seemed to be around forever. Like, so um, it was always the hair. It was the hair, wasn't it? Him and uh, it was it was the Blondie. Who was the other Jones? It was something Jones. Adam was Jones. It Duncan. Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones yeah. yeah, I used to always yeah. think they were brothers for years, like because of the stupid haircut. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's some achievement. Fair play to him. There's a lovely yeah, video actually up on the internet of him looking back and all of his Welsh companions kind of giving him a farewell. It's very nice. You should go check it out. Yeah, I saw that. He, he got emotional there in one or two videos, didn't he? Did um, you hear it? It's always good. When you see a big curly-haired big guy and he starts a few tears. It's, uh, yeah. Did you see his nickname was, was, was Bomb? They used to all call him Bomb in any airport they used to go into. His nickname was The Bomb. <laughs> Just to f*** with him. Oh, Jesus. That's desperate, like... <laughs> Welsh banter. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, and in fairness, like all the messages, usually there's a lot of nice messages when players retire, particularly lads around a long time. But they seem to really come out and give them like proper long, heartfelt messages. Like a lot of the old, old school Welsh lads coming out. A lot of the Irish fellas you would have played with in the Lions saying the same. So you could tell he was a bit of crack. He was always a bit of a laugh for the fans and took a drop goal or two in his time and started laughing. You know, so he's he's a good bit of banter. Is he, yeah. he's, he's coaching a bit at the moment, isn't he? Uh, he is. I think he's like, he's playing in Harlequins, right? But he's like assistant scrum coach or something along wow. those lines. Okay, okay. Because it says like in his farewell that he might he might still get his boots on for one or two more games yet. So we'll wait and see. Who knows? Suspense. Suspense. <laughs> I, was, I was reading actually and in, his, in one of his interviews he said that um, like he actually didn't pick up rugby until he was like 18 or 19. So he's quite old and he started with neat. And um, yeah, they said he was good, and they said, "Do you want to take it seriously?" And ever since then, so he's kind of late picking up the game. But yeah, Jeez, that's uh, mental, isn't it? Like, yeah, people always cite was it Mick Galway who didn't start till he was eighteen and went on to captain Munster and be a Munster legend, an Irish legend. But Jones took it up at eighteen as well. He's certainly accomplished more than that, going on a couple of Lions tours and being outstanding for them. Massive. Um, another legend of the game, Conrad Smith. Uh, playing obviously in France these days suggested he'll be retiring at the end of the year um, yeah so Martin you've watched a fair bit of him this year haven't you 
yeah, I was listening to a few interviews. So how he started his most recent career in Poe, I think he was uh, obviously playing with the Highlanders um, down below. Um, sorry, hurricanes, hurricanes, <laughs> and um, he said to his agent, he said, "Yeah, I want to, I want to go to Europe, um, either France or Italy." Um, he wanted to move there with his children; were very young at the time, and they just wanted to experience a bit of Europe. Um, and his only prerequisites were that he wanted to have a, a New Zealand coach, and he wanted uh, a club that wasn't in a big city. So a week later, I think his agent came back to him and he said, "Yeah, look, I found Poe. Simon Mannix is the coach. There's a few Kiwis there already." Um, a nice quiet town on, on the top of the Pyrenees and yeah he's playing he seems to have got a lease of life since he's there for the last two or three years did he give a reason why he wanted the quiet town I don't know no he didn't he just, just said that he wanted out of interest yeah was a, is that kind of like a lifestyle choice probably is did you know he's a, a lawyer I didn't know yeah that. yeah interesting um, yeah, yeah he's a, what is it a barrister and solicitor of the high court of New Zealand <laughs> yeah you can see it as well. Like he's the he's the stereotypical clever player, you know. And he probably he probably unfairly got kind of pigeonholed as this really smart player. But he was lightning fast and absolutely massive in contact too. You know, he didn't shy away from anything. Yeah, he was a beast. I love watching him. He's definitely going to hang around for a while, though. He was saying that he's going to hang around in Poe for a while, do a bit of coaching. He's kind of doing a small bit of coaching at the moment. But then he says that the I think it's, is there a World Rugby's legal board or something? I think they were in Auckland before. But they set up headquarters in Dublin. Oh, okay. he said he's going to stay stay up in the Northern Hemisphere and yeah, hopefully get a job there. Jeez. So he really doesn't seem keen on going back to Australia to New Zealand. Is he? <laughs> he's going to do anything to stay away from it. Uh, like, if he went back to New Zealand now, do you think he would force his way into the team? Probably not. I'd say probably not. Crotty, Leonard Brown, Goodhue, a few of these lads, maybe not. But oh, I wouldn't put it past him either. Uh, there's just so it, it was many like back in, It was like back in the day when he had the combinations. Was it himself and, and Tanu Umango was there, and Jeez. then you had himself and Mananu playing with with Toulon at the moment. Like and like that partnership seemed like it went on for years and years. It was just, yeah, it was the one that everyone remembers. Um. Then moving on, I think that's all the all the the big name retirements for the week. Um, <laughs> Alex Cuthbert, uh, another Lions um part of a winning tour down in Australia. He signed for Exeter, um, three-year deal. Uh, I guess the big thing coming out of this is he has 47 Wales caps. So obviously Wales is this new rule where if you don't have 60 caps, you can't leave Wales and play for the national team. So it's effectively an international retirement for Cuthbert. No, look, he's, he, he's been out in the cold for a bit anyway, so maybe it's not, not by that, choice. But when still. did that come into effect there? Um, it was announced this year, wasn't it? I think, because um, didn't Reese Webb, Reese Webb announced he was signing, who's Reese Webb signing for? Well, can you remember? Um, he's moving to England or France I think and because he had I think he has in the 40s or 50s amount of caps this announcement was made shortly afterwards so it actually ruled him out of international contention too and I think he was quite upset about that and he was look he said he's going to go through with the transfer anyway but um, I'd imagine in the background he was told about this and it was part of the negotiation but it wasn't made official so maybe he would have made a different decision if he had known that at the time but who knows and this is just a Gatlin law that he decides and bring it in, that's it. I don't know, is it a Gatlin law or is it a, a Welsh rugby union? I'm sure there's someone at a higher level, kind of like the, the, the David Nusifora role in Ireland, you know, probably someone at a similar level made it okay. to try and keep the lads there. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. I think he was moving just, just for the challenge. I think that's all he wanted uh, with Rob Baxter and Exeter. I think he just likes their brand of rugby and he likes what they offer. So 
just a new uh, a new challenge for him. Is it Exeter he's going to? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Exeter. Yeah. So um, that's that's Cuthbert. Now we're talking about Dara. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, I was yeah, talking about yeah, Webb. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> oh, could, I couldn't find out where he was moving to. Webb's too long, I think. Yeah, it's somewhere so. Fra- in France, right? But uh, that, that's a, probably a good move for Alex Cooper because I don't think you see him coming back into the, the no. squad, you know, with that uh, Worcester um, winger, what's his name? He's scoring tries for fun in the Premiership. Yeah. But even the extra style of rugby, you wouldn't know what it suit Cooper too much. Like, these days, he's he's not the same player he was back in 2012, 13, 14. When you might remember Tommy Bow went out injured and Cuthbert came in and scored a class try for Lions in the test and he was unreal on that Lions tour. He was class for Wales for a few years. Himself and North, they thought would just dominate Northern Hemisphere rugby for years to come. Um, and unfortunately for Wales, that just hasn't happened. Yeah, the kind of the era of the massive winger isn't as, as prominent as it, as it used to be, I don't think, Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, best luck to my ass. Um, then... We kind of touched last week on the whole saga with the the Spain-Belgium match with the Romanian referee. Um, I'm sure most people have heard what happened. There's a couple of more, um, I guess, rumours or nuggets that came out into the news this week. A couple of confidential papers were released, which revealed a couple of extra details. Um, Martin, I know you were reading again a bit more on this. You probably have the most info. Do you want to take the lead and talk yeah, us through so- it? What they've been kind of reading on this, we said it was kind of developing last week, but um, there's a Challenge Cup uh, final game uh, this weekend. Poe are at home to Stade Francais. Um, and for security reasons, uh, Vlad, I think was the name of the referee, um, the Romanian referee from the last game, um, has been removed from that game. Um, I think it was because uh, Poe have a few Spanish players. I think they have a, their, fifth, their 15, their fullback is a, is a Spanish international. And for security reasons, <laughs> he was taken off. Uh, the refereeing squad um, I think further to that then what happened then was that in the game before that Belgium played Germany but Belgium fielded an illegal player apparently no so, way yeah it's uh, so basically Belgium could be thrown out of the tournament completely and Spain could still have uh, a chance of, of getting into the 2019 World Cup so yeah it's it's interesting I think there's there's a board or there's a meeting happening in this week or, or next week just to just to decide, but yeah, that's the the latest from what I got. I think, uh, I think it's actually a, Rom- a Romanian player, which would make it a bit cleaner. Because let's say if if it was a Belgian player, and then that game was overruled, there might be. Do you take out all of Belgium's results, and they might have beat Romania? I don't know what happened in the cup, but I think it's actually a Romanian player who played sevens for was it one of the Pacific Islands or something like that? I think he was Tonga. Yeah, and I think that's. That's where the kind of issue is coming from, and it's it's not even the Spanish rugby who brought it up. It's the Russian Rugby Federation. Um, I don't know. Do they have an interest in this, or I'm sure they're out of the running? But they're the ones I think who made the official complaint. So I guess look, either way, the complaint has been made. It probably doesn't matter at this stage. It has to be looked into. So if that is upheld, who knows? Potentially, Romania could be removed, or a few games could be forfeit. In any case, and Spain will get bumped up into that World Cup spot. But at the same time, it doesn't negate all the um, all the uh, apparent collusion and <laughs> corruption that's gone on in the background. Jesus, that's that's some story. It's stuff you don't want to hear in rugby, but it's some story. And on top of all that, um, it emerged this week again. Martin, you probably have a better handle of this on the um, the president of European Rugby, the who is Romanian, as we mentioned last week, who 
we imagine had a hand in appointing the officials. He purchased the television rights to the Rugby World Cup in Romania. So he had a personal financial gain by seeing Spain knocked out and by seeing Romania go through. So uh, it's very hard to imagine there wasn't some sort of foul play in the background. So sorry there. His long-term goal was get Belgium in the World Cup and then hopefully yeah. we'll say eight years no. down the line have Romania host the World Cup. No, no, not host. He he bought the television rights oh, in sorry. Romania. Sorry, so mentioned. he wanted Romania to qualify. So and he wanted he Belgium could... to beat Spain. So then the ratings would be through the roof for Romania. Jesus, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and look, I'm pretty sure there's one or two more things we're forgetting. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it's... that's funny. Boy. Some story. So I was somebody trying to make money off something like... Exactly. Um, any other news we'll come we'll probably come to a couple of the injuries as we go through the the previews of the yeah. champions cup quarters yeah. um, but other than that do you guys have anything you want to bring up um no there's a lot of injuries we probably want to get through <laughs> there is yeah. yeah we could do a whole section of injuries yeah um just the one thing uh i thought it was funny did you see maro toje's celebration this week what, what did he do i actually saw the try and i was wondering what he was doing after he kind of he looked like he lay down and kind of took a nap, you know? So I was obviously the English team in general, there's been a lot of media attention about how they're being flogged in training and it's very physical late in the week. And so many other players are getting injured or niggles. Um, And probably one of the most scrutinized players based on talent is Atoje because I guess last year for the Lions, he was after a player of the season type of year. He was very good for the Lions and he probably hasn't hit those heights often enough since. So it was funny that he scored a, a pretty class try, dived over the line and just took a nap as if he was wrecked. I assume it was a kind of a bit of a finger to all the people who've been criticising him. Is that, is, that what you, is that what it is like? Is that what people I don't, I don't know if that's what it is. I, I'll choose to believe that because it's hilarious. That's class. Yeah, that's I think class. so. And he, like, Yeah, he was just because he was being called tired and he's not the same player, but it all goes back to that kind of attrition rate of... And I think there's a lot of different commentators and other pundits are saying this at the moment that like the the game time of the English players is a lot more, and they're playing they're playing they're playing a lot more, and they're, they're a lot more um, tackles and a lot more uh, a lot more rock time compared to the compared to the, the Pro 14 and stuff. So yeah, I think he's I think just trying to think back. One of the games, I think it was England France. Did Atoje hit something like 83 rocks? Which, when you think about it, is absolute insanity. Like it's like he was in every single rock. I'm pretty sure against against France, Itoja hit 83 rocks, um, which is just mental. <laughs> so look, he, it's not like he's not working his socks off, you know. That team in general, it's it's like you look at the Irish team. If Sexton's drop goal didn't go over and if Wales had a, a better final attack of the game, the one Stockdale intercepted, we could be looking at a total different scenario and not lauding these players as highly as we are same for England a couple of other things go differently and look we wouldn't be giving as much criticism to Toje if Johnny May makes four or five clean breaks and scores a few tries to win games we probably look at the forwards differently it's unfair how that works in team sports sometimes but yeah, look yeah That's a, it's, I, uh, a, it's a very valid point but it, they're all ifs like you know Jesus yeah I, I appreciated his uh, his subtle dig anyway as I choose to take it yeah um, <laughs> um, other other interesting news Connacht are after getting a couple of um contract extensions I know our buddy uh, Peter McCabe is after getting an extension up there which is great for him because he's getting a lot more game time up there now isn't he compared to when he was playing here in Munster mm-hmm. like 
Um, I'll just read out Connacht are ready to announce that scrum half uh, Colin Blade uh, Connor McKeown and props Peter McCabe and Dominic McCoy have signed contract extensions until 2020, um, 2019 that's great it's good to see it's good it's like they're building a squad again you know and it, they're going through a lot of change up there I mean look John Muldoon retiring but then look they've um, Copeland yeah Copeland coming up and he's playing the rugby of his life at the moment I think he's three man in the matches in the last four games or something you know he's phenomenal and then you have um, the, the the Southern Hemisphere the South African centre coming up and and they have another Kiwi I think coming up in out half is it so they've um, starting to build a squad which is good um, just just before we go any further there there's, there's a new monster centre after coming in for a couple of weeks isn't there South African fellas, South African fellas. One of Johan Grand's old boys. I um, can't remember the name to be honest now. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it there quickly, but uh, he's coming in for a short term just to to fill in the void of um, centres that were were missing with Taute and um, Farrell out missing. But uh, here we'll get you the name anyway. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry about it. <laughs> okay, so look, we'll we'll probably come to Ash there. We'll finish up with the Champions Cup preview and a couple of predictions. Uh, so we'll move on. Super Rugby, quick review of the weekend. Um, anything in particular, instead of running through the games, anything in particular stood out to you guys or you enjoyed? Uh, I suppose we're all going to have to talk about the Hurricanes tries in the Hurricane Highlanders game. Every one of the tries was just ridiculous. Yeah. Bowden Barrett absolutely skint people again, as usual. Do you know, I know he caught him on the hop, but like there was a, I think it was a winger was chasing him and he absolutely left him for dead. Like, um, is it Ben Lamb? I, I'm calling it. He's gonna be. He's gonna be on one of the wings for New Zealand this year. He's scoring. Try, he's sco- he scored two unbelievable tries there mm-hmm. for the Highlanders and and, and against um, uh, Nisaki Naholo. So like, I, and Naholo got two back. It's like against yeah. him, it was that that side of the pitch was where all the action was. It was just rocking. And did you see what was his name? Um, uh, as Asos or Asos that is him do you see he's crazy trying the corner he literally yes. did like a front flip and placed the ball perfectly in the corner oh it was ridiculous it's, it's, it's one to look up it's, if, um, some, if you haven't seen finish. the tries we're talking to lads watch the highlighted videos it's on, uh, it's on the Sanzara YouTube page the uh, R- R- Super Rugby Play of the Week I think so um, look, yeah. it's easy to find well worth it uh, your Rebels Johnny Come on. Your proclaimed team, 46-14 against the Sharks, Sam. And Sharks massive... are good. Like, Sharks, aren't, Sharks. A, aren't a bad side. Like They really, yes. really played well, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, especially after the, the Rebels, they win the, win the first three weeks, then got lost 51-27 to the Warthogs last week, which is an absolute letdown after that. Yeah. But it's good to see them bounce back with 46 points again this week. Um, the, yeah, the forwards look really, really good. They look way in control over the Sharks. Um, the Sharks scored two very late tries as well to kind of bolster really, up yeah. a kind of a better scoreline for themselves so like it, it, it was a proper hammering like the Rebels gave them um, I'd so, say the most impressive one would have been the Haguares 49-35 over the Lions massive performance Um, and they scored some lovely tries too <laughs> like really nice well handled tries Yeah, um, the Lions were right in there as well to the end and played some good stuff themselves but again the Lions team now have lost one or two games perhaps that they, they'd have expected to win you know or might have won in the last two seasons so they're going to make it a bit more difficult for themselves that, um, that... I think we, we talk we, we, sorry Johnny just saying, we, we talk about it every week like, but the scores like the, it, it's ridiculous like 49-35 like that's a serious game 
you know and then you know, the, the scores are just phenomenal um did did you I, I, this only dawned on me in the weekend but the bonus point bonus point system in Super Rugby um I was watching it and I didn't realise that it was like you have to uh, have three try differential between your opponents yeah I, I didn't realise this at all I was looking I was watching a Crusaders game and all of a sudden I saw uh, Crusaders go up by try had the bonus point I was like they only have to score in three tries how would they have to get the bonus point so you know, for anyone that doesn't know basically you have to have a, a three try separation between your opponents so uh, it doesn't matter if you score four tries just different down in if you score three three unconverted tries and it's 15 nil, and you have a bonus point and the boys score five penalties and it's 15 all you still get a bonus point there don't you yeah, yeah. you okay. could three try differential um, I think they, they brought in a couple of years ago they used to they used to have the, the traditional system. They had it long before us, I think, in Champions Cup and stuff. Um, but I think the idea was, you know, if a team goes, whatever, gets their four tries and it's a close game, they stop going for that extra point. So even now, if it's like, you, you do whatever you can to get three tries ahead, you know, it, it urges you to kick for the corner, even if you're ahead by that little bit, instead of just knocking over the points. Yeah, so look, there's, there's two sides to it, because I guess the if you're the losing team, maybe you're not as motivated. But uh, look... It seems to work anyway. <laughs> They're the ones with the higher scoring games. It's true. It's true. Did you um, just back to the um, the Jaguars and uh, the Lions game? Did you see the number eight for um, the Jaguars? Uh, Ortega yeah, Deso. He's like a Speedy Gonzalez. Like a winger. He yeah. He broke through the defense there at one point. I think it was like um, a sub center was chasing him and just could not catch him for the Lions. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. and he hates out there get as fit as that man and um, the Lions one of their kind of young stars Diante who was looking to play for Springboks too I think he's out for five to six weeks which is a massive blow for them so okay, Springboks will be gutted with that too what's the, he, what's, he gets back quick what's the hooker's name again the class hooker for the Lions Mal- 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 so he, he, he came out for like two minutes and two minutes later he was after scoring two tries from <laughs> yeah he's just got like, me <laughs> 79 fantasy points couldn't be happier <laughs> I think he's definitely up there with like the most informed hooker at the moment. It's ain't yeah. even in world rugby. Uh, he's, definitely, yeah. he's unreal on the pitch too. He's an absolute beast. Class. Um, okay, looking ahead to this week, might as well run through the games quickly. Yeah. Um, here in the Northern Hemisphere, or at least in Irish and UK time, Good Friday should have the day off work and the hour has changed, so it's one hour more generous to us getting up in the morning. So at 7.35, Friday morning, we have the Chiefs against the Highlanders. Definitely one to watch. Um, probably the game of the week again usually it is when it's the New Zealand derby in the mornings um, then we have the Rebels at home to the Hurricanes another oh, class game on Friday and on Saturday there's four games there is Blues home to the Sharks Brumbies home to the Waratahs which will be a great game um, I think David Pocock's in line to come back for that so hopefully he's fit oh, uh, then Bulls against Stormers another good derby in the afternoon in South Africa and finally on Sunday there is Lions home to the Crusaders yeah, which is nice. a week a repeat of last year's final. Yeah, that'd be class. So yeah, I, actually the slate of games this week is unreal for Super Rugby, and then with the Champions Cup quarterfinals coming up, it's going to be some weekend the, one to sit in. The only thing I took out of that whole set of games is you're off on Friday. <laughs> you're not. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck. You have to go. Yeah. You're not off. You're not going to mass and. No, all the other stuff. no, no, too busy. Right, right moving right. on, moving on. <laughs> Did you just blank everything else? No, I'm just, I just, I, I think definitely the two games will be the Chiefs Highlanders and the Lions Crusaders game. 
Although, like the Lions, like the Lions have had a bad game now, using to the, the Jaguars. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that game goes. But I think Chief Highlanders will be class. Yeah, Chief Highlanders can't wait for that one. Um, Who'd call had a great game for the Chiefs again? Ten, what's his name? D Mac, Dave McKenzie. Yeah, he scored a hat trick, did he? Uh, he scored a rake points anyway. Yeah, he scored. He scored a ridiculous amount of tries. Yeah, and some class running too. So he, he he again. He really looked good at ten. Is what I'm trying to say. Like I was kind of doubting him for a while, but he looked class at ten there now last week against um against the Sunwolves. Um. Yeah. So looking ahead, uh, Champions Cup is also this weekend. Four games, as we know. Uh, on Friday we have Clinetley versus La Rochelle. It's very early. Saturday, sorry. That game's very early. It's a half five. Oh, really? Again, yeah. good Friday. Sure, everyone's off work. Oh, <laughs> Except you, Johnny. <laughs> um, Saturday, Munster at home to Toulon. Sunday, the early game is Clermont at home to Racing. And the later game is Leinster at home to Saracens. So um, we might as well just take them in order. First up, Clinetley at home to La Rochelle. Um, how, do one, how do you see this one going? Ooh. It's an interesting I've seen La Rochelle a few times this year and they've looked beastly um, but it's just the, the French team travelling away from, from home again yeah, that's what um, but La Rochelle they've just a monster pack a few big massive ball carriers I'm not too sure number 8 but I've seen them a few times just run over people so should be an interesting one I, I only I only saw the highlights of the Munster Scarlets game on the weekend and from all accounts, Scarlets were fairly fairly dull, but I'm wondering what kind of team they put out in preparation for Champions Cup. But like when Scarlets play, they really play like you know, there's like going go forward ball. There's no real stopping them. Like, but La Rochelle are huge. Let's they're absolute monsters. They um I was just kind of checking out the results of um the Pro Four. Uh, what is it called over there? Top fourteen. Top fourteen. Um, they actually had a good win over uh, Border Begla. Uh, thirty-one twenty, and they had all the big guns out. Like so, they've got a good run in for the for the game against Scarlets. Whereas I don't know, Scarlets have all the top guns back after the Six Nations. So I don't know. I I don't know. I suppose. I, but what I'm trying to say is, La Rochelle look like they're probably a bit more ready. Whereas Scarlets, if, if they come and play with the flair that they play with, I think they'll run over them. What do you think, there? Um, I don't know. I fancy. Uh, I I I I really hope <laughs> I really hope Clinetley do it. Um, they actually had like, most of their big boys out at the weekend. Like I mean, they had Shingler playing against Munster. They had Tyke Byrne was there. Samson Lee, Reese Patchell, Steph Evans. You know who else was there? Scott Williams, Tom Brandell on the wing, which is kind of cool. Um, you know they they had a lot of good players out. Like so, it, you'd like to think it was just the team hadn't bonded after the yeah, Six yeah, Nations yeah. and all that kind of crack which you do see a lot it's a bit of a stereotype but you do see teams take a while to get into the rhythm um, they are at home just based on the exciting rugby they play it'd be nice to see them do well um, kick on from that Pro 14 win last year La Rochelle though in the group stages when they were when they were on they were absolutely class to watch is it um, Martin is it Preso the prop the French lad who was in Six Nations this year he's like the best ball carrier ever and his class offloads like they just had a great offloading game really exciting to watch but um, if I had to pick someone I'd probably pick Lynette Lee just, just because they're at home that's really the only thing that's swinging it yeah I, I, I think kind of similar and just one thing as well to mention as well is just the styles because obviously Scarlet's love playing that nice wide game and you saw that against 
Munster in the weekend as soon as they got that ball wide they were dangerous and then La Rochelle being a French team obviously like to, to pass the ball and use that wit again um, and have the flair with the, the back three that they have but then the pack that they have is monstrous so I think it's going to be a battle of the packs whoever wins that battle should uh, should nick it but yeah I, I think Scarlet should do it hopefully at home such a forwards answer <laughs> <laughs> I'm a winger <laughs> um, okay and Johnny what do you predict uh, I'm going to go with La Rochelle just to be controversial just to be controversial um, I think they're massive and I think they might they're, 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 if, if they get go for a ball and they get get a couple of early scores they, they'll win it alright I think okay um, second game of the weekend Munster at home to Toulon Munster obviously picking up the victory at the weekend against Scarlets with um, uh, a bit of a second team uh, probably only five six first liners in there Um Toulon, of course, as we know, beat Clermont 49-0. Um, so they're coming into this right on form. Uh, they played the big guns. Bastro was on fire in the centres. Some lovely offloads again for tries. Um, so, yeah, you, you would imagine with Munster's injury list, which we might get into, it could be tough. And they really need a couple of those lads who are 50-50 to get back in the team to to ensure they get over the line in this one. Yeah, Fekitoa looked unbelievable on the weekend as well for yeah. Toulon, didn't he? He he just he looks absolutely massive. I just <laughs> he's like, a freak. He's a freak. He's one of these players who I can't understand why he left New Zealand. So like there'd be a couple of other guys like um Liam Gill left Australia and a few of these other kind of Victor Vito who wasn't quite a full time all black. But Fekitoa was like in his prime, there thereabouts. His passing got criticised down in New Zealand um, which yeah probably wasn't great but he's just an all round fantastic player in every other facet and I'm really surprised that someone in his age in his prime would have left at that time of his career but to be honest Toulon probably had the money and he couldn't say no to it and by Christ if the two of them are playing centre then you have Manonu on the bench you know it's not exactly getting easier in the last 20 minutes of the game that's crazy yeah uh, and they have the old famous Ash Splash like he was doing it again on the weekends yeah. God sake did he break a, a record on the weekend as well did he get 20 he's the fastest player to get. he's 21 tries in 14 games I think Jesus oh. yeah I think he broke a record in the weekend there but yeah I kind of wonder I, I, I kind of wonder there how, how weak were Clermont going away to Toulon on the weekend yeah, I, I assume I'd... they threw a third string team <laughs> I don't know to be honest but I'd imagine not um you think they'd have some sort of pride, especially with the, especially with the game this weekend. They themselves want to get a bit of form because they haven't been playing that well themselves either. Mm. Um, where are they? They're well down the league. Yeah. They're tenth well, place, I, I, ele- ninth place. They've they've only won nine games all year in the top fourteen out of twenty two. You know, and that's not the Clermont you expect. So their only way to get back into the Champions Cup next year is to win this competition. So you'd think they'd be trying to get trying to throw all their eggs into it. Yeah, that's. I watched that game and I just read it read after that like Clemente were nearly at full strength nearly no way um, and, yeah and I, I think it was just like they were just mauled to death they were scrummed to death I watched the highlights they were, just, just, they were mangled they were absolutely yeah, mangled absolutely. in every as- uh, asset beaten up yeah but like every time I watch Toulon it's the offload game is just phenomenal and I think three or four of those tries came just from like Bastro holding in three players getting around and just a one sneaky offload backdoor or something and it's just 
there they have the pace at white yeah. but it's uh, the offloading game is definitely something we have to look after the, the Munster Centre partnership is going to be interesting on the weekend to who takes them, who takes who's who's going to be there like because if you have Bastero and Fekitoa just running at you like they're big big boys like you know, I just I'm I'm just a bit worried about that center that that, that area of the pitch. Like I think we're just gonna get ran over. Like and I'm worried it, overall everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, moving on to Munster. What do you think the backline is gonna be? Murray Keatley is easy. Um, yeah. Scannell, if he comes back from the return to play protocol, I think he got a knock on yeah. the head. Um. 13 is a, a 13 is a another Sammy Arnold uh, I don't yeah I suppose he's the only option isn't he like I, yeah. he's the only option he's really like and in and fairness like he hasn't let anyone season. down he's, he's class it's just yeah. it's just look when you look what you're against you know yeah. <laughs> you're against a 20 the best year old the yeah a 20 year old fellow that's not that well blooded compared to the lads he's against like um, the wingers are interesting it was interesting to see I know we haven't got onto injuries but um What's his name? Keith Earls' knee injury isn't to be as bad as they first thought. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's it's still six to... weeks, though, is it? Six weeks isn't bad, though. I suppose, yeah. Back for the final. Back for the final, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, Zebo, I assume, will make a miraculous recovery from a, a twinged hamstring. Uh, Are you putting Alex Wooten on one wing? I suppose you'll have to. And, uh, yeah. JJ? Sweeten him injured, no? He didn't get any game time actually in the weekend. Yeah. You thought, you thought they'd give him something. They gave him a guy Nash. Came on. Calvin Nash, yeah. Calvin Nash, yeah. And there, there was a guy that came on for that pass, the, the last pass into the corner. Oh, um, Fitz, Stephen Fitzgerald something, or Stephen, something. Fitz something. Fitz Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I mean, some it was, pass. It was a 20, 25, 30-yard pass, I'd say. Yeah. It was decent. He's kind of been bobbing he's around for the last couple of, about two years now in the academy. I think he's up to the full team squad now, so... Be interesting to see if he breaks yeah. onto the squad. There's so many wingers, though. Just, just touch on last week. Did you see James Cronin's try? Or no, a, a, I didn't. In... Everyone's talking about it. Hmm. It was. Do you see it there? No. It was like one. Like it was. He was two yards short of the line after being tackled, stretched out, ball in hand, legitimate try, hundred percent. And then they went to the TMO, and it was Marius Matea, the Italian referee. Oh, um, familiar faces. And... Yeah, and the they said that he propelled himself with his knee. I mean, you had to break it down into slow, slow motion, but like it was a try all day long. Yeah, and like bias set aside, but it was just they pulled him back for a double movement. Then, but he literally got it and stretched out his hand. Maybe he slightly moved his knee a small bit, but you know they disallowed the try anyway. But I thought it was an awful decision. I I just went when I went on Twitter. I saw a load of comments about, "Oh, geez, I didn't know the Romanian ref was doing the monster match." <laughs> so I, I knew there was some some stuff to look up afterwards. Oh for God's sake! Oh. Just on on monster again. I I was reading um, Van Gran's interview in the in the Irish Times actually, and he was saying that that uh, Toulon can be beaten the monster way. So it's it's obviously sold out. It's in in Tone Park, twenty six thousand, yeah. I think people. Um, and I see that Toulon sent back a thousand. Mm-hmm. Is it three thousand? A thousand tickets. Uh, returning three thousand. Yeah, three thousand of their allocation. So they only um thousand people there. Um, oh my god! That's really be, uh, really bad, isn't it? Travel wise, like. 
French, isn't it? <laughs> French is just silence and then French. French. <laughs> I think um, if I think if we win this, sorry, there, just one last thing. If, yep. if we win this, I think we have. Uh, I'm not jump getting ahead of myself here, but I think we're in France. I think uh, either way. Yeah, yeah. What so, against Clermont or Racing is it? Yeah. Okay. Damn it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I honestly the way Clermont are playing, I'd probably rather go to Clermont than play Toulon at home. Um, yeah. and I know Clermont's stadium has been a fortress over the years, what the Stade de Michelin or whatever it's called. Mm. This year, it's not the same. So look, I don't know. We, we'll take it one game at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, predictions. Um, in all the injuries and stuff, but I, I I'm gonna go what Muller said at the end: a monster win in a monster way. Yeah, as long as we beat them up up front and take them on up front, hopefully we can do it. But I'm very, very worried, putting it that way. So if we win, I think it'll be a one or two score game. Yeah, poor, poor weather for the weekend. Um, uh, let's say 23 21 monster. Oh, you're giving scores. Oh, yeah. scores. Well, when it's right, you know, it just sounds better. <laughs> Six eight okay. is over, no doubt. <laughs> Um, game number three Claremont at home to Racing um, nice French derby there obviously we, we touched on Claremont not playing their best rugby but still they've been pretty formidable the last jeez eight nine years um, Racing obviously much stronger the last couple of years they were in Munster's group and played some great rugby themselves um, how do you see this one going? French rugby <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what I'm not I don't follow too much French rugby to be honest and all I've seen over the last weekend is last week is just the highlights of this week's games just for reviewing the Munster game and the, um, the Scarlet's game but um, Clermont had a bad weekend last weekend I don't know all that way heavy on their minds coming into a totally different competition um, uh, Rassing Rassing had a good kind of end to the, ta- um, to the group stages so I think they could they could be in with a shout. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on their form at the moment, so I can't really comment too much on it. Yeah, couldn't kind of same. It's it's kind of the battle of the money, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, but like French traveling away, um, I think Clermont being at home could be a tough place to go. I think maybe Clermont could win a home, um, but yeah, it's, it's that last the last uh, the last game is one that's gonna kind of either tell a lot they can either turn the page or else they can yeah I know it did. I think um, Racing had a tight win in the weekend did a 24-22 win against Leon, um, away down in Leon, so that was a, a tight one but uh, yeah Toulon coming off the back of a 49-0 they could hopefully bounce back a bit and, and get one over Racing but Just on, on money teams in France is there is there a rule of how many foreign nationals you can play? I think there is now um, the last last year or last two years I think there is like Toulon like how how are they managing it like they have like 15 starting players that aren't from <laughs> France um, unless I'm mistaken but I'm pretty sure there is okay that's, I, know, I, just, I was uh, just just wondering on a side topic there because that's, kinda, that's was, homework for next week yeah I'll check it out because I was looking at it I was looking at the highlights of the, the Clermont and Toulon game the amount of far, like fellas that aren't French was ridiculous um Clermont at the same time they they topped their group a group with Saracens so like you know they did pretty well for themselves they they hammered Saracens in that group um Ospreys were there and 
was the Northampton Saints. Um, so like, it's not a bad group, you know. It's a date group, uh, like. Yeah, I I guess. And geez, yeah, they they won it well, won five out of six. So um, look, they still they're still Clermont, even if they're not doing it in the league this year for whatever reason. So, um, I wouldn't rule against them either. Uh, probably I'd pick Racing by by seven to ten points, but um, could be another good one. Yeah, it's gonna be some weekend of rugby. Then finally, Leinster home to Saracens in the Aviva Stadium. Um, I think there's is there forty eight, forty nine thousand seat tickets sold already. Um, could be even higher at this stage. Uh, you're gone. No, no, no. Um, uh, no, no rugby this weekend. I have tickets to a comedy gig. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't back out. Okay, I feel like a traitor. He called me out. Uh, Leinster obviously looked loads of injuries again on both sides here. Um, Billy Vunapolo was hoping to get back in time, but he's been ruled out. Owen Farrell is going to be 50-50 and they'll make a judgment call on Friday. Um, Leinster, Sean O'Brien might be back. Reese Ruddock might be back. Jack Conan might be back. And there's a lot of maybes in there. Um, obviously, people like Henshaw and others in, are out for the backs for Leinster. So it'll be an interesting one. I think Luke McGrath's back as well, which could be massive. Yeah, he was playing on the weekend. Yeah. Um, one of the coolest stories of this week was... Um, Brad Barrett did you hear the story no Brad Barrett played in the Harlequins game that was on in in London massive London derby yeah. was it Harlequins and Saracens Saracens yeah um, kind of came off and blew his nose and realised he was after uh, smashing his jaw his cheekbone went in on Tuesday got a metal plate put into his cheek and he's going playing on Saturday <laughs> on Sunday what an absolute beast that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. And he, sa- he said he got the metal plate put in under local anaesthetic. <laughs> he didn't get put under. He didn't get thing because he wanted to be out in the training grounds for later that day. I mean, the man is just a beast. Like he really is. Isn't That's he? some story, isn't it? Break your cheek, fracture, fracture or break your cheekbone or whatever he did on a on a Sunday. Get it sorted on a Tuesday. Play a game on a Sunday. What a beast! It's nuts. He's a real kind of long-time, hardcore club rugby kind of guy, isn't he? Um, bit of a bruiser. Probably didn't get as many England caps as he might have deserved. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But no, he's a serious player in fairness to him. And he, he, he's a bit, again, another player who might be kind of, even I use the term bruiser there, which might be unfair because he actually does have a bit of ball-playing skills. He's quite, uh, he's in tackles, he doesn't just bosh into people. He makes monster hits, drives them back. If there's real technique in that. So um, no, he's a class player to watch. They have a huge centre partnership with himself and uh, Michelle Bosch. Is that his, his, his Yeah, Bosch. Like, that's a really, really massive sized centre yeah. partnership. Like, they're a big, big team. Like, um, And who's going to be in the centre for Leinster? Who's going to be playing 12? Oh, man. It's going to be Ringrose. Ringrose is 13, like, but who's going to be playing 12? Probably going to be when Noel Noel Reed is it? Noel Reed, or would Nasewa step in? I, I haven't seen this. Nasewa wasn't even on the squad on the weekend. Yeah. So I, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't Nasewa, just purely because he's a bit, he's played there before, obviously for Leinster. Well, he's played everywhere for Leinster, which I guess is one of the benefits of Nasewa. Yeah. Um, but he's he's a rock solid defender as well. Um, and maybe you want that against Saracens, who are a bit of a hit him up and wear you down kind of team it's true it's true yeah, it, yeah. It, it, does it like like with the Munster game and the Leinster game there's a lot of maybes like there's a lot of people you don't know where they're going to fit in and where who's going to be playing so it's really interesting yeah yeah I was listening to Stuart Lancaster there on, on this and he was saying that it, it, it is a test game essentially without the title 
Uh, yeah. Because it's two international teams, essentially. Like, everyone is nearly has, has a couple of caps for the country. But it's teed up to be the to one of the games, if not the game of the weekend, and especially if, if Sean O'Brien comes back. And Reese Ruggock, I think he's expected to be available as well. So, yeah, Johnny, yeah. Johnny Sexton was back with his usual robot answers uh, after, you know, his one time smile winning the Six Nations. He was back to his robot self again, you know, all yeah. about structure and how we beat the best to be the best and all this in his interviews. So, they're kind of back at the fucking uh, the media train again and just plowing back into it. I wonder. I was, I was, sorry, go on. I was just uh, on the kind of injuries. I know we were kind of going to touch on the injuries and things, but I was kind of disappointed to see that Larmer, John Larmer, is ruled out with a calf injury. Yeah, no. Um, you know, he, yeah, he didn't get much time in Six Nations, obviously. So you think that he could shine in the in the Champions Cup. So yeah, he's going to be ruled out. There was um, there was another two two injuries we never mentioned that are kind of they're ongoing, but there was there was an interesting one. Blaindell has gone back for another neck operation. Did you see that? Has he? That's not good. Yeah, that's that's his second one now in a couple of years. Like, and uh, Duncan Williams, you see, uh, Dunks is is out because he's after getting a facial injury. Yeah. No comment on what happened or anything, but just a facial injury in training. <laughs> there was somewhere I think. Um, do you know Duncan Williams is the second oldest player in the Munster squad? Jesus. I read that today actually as well. Yeah, it's really young. It was Billy Holland's the oldest. Uh, Williams is second and Ian Heatley is third wow. that's, that's like you, some you, young squad it's crazy isn't it like you, you'd never think Keatley is Keatley's what 30 you wouldn't oh, think he's the third oldest member of the squad like holy crap yeah that's there you go <laughs> anyway Leinster Saracens one to enjoy with the Easter egg on Sunday what are your predictions <laughs> Um, depending on Leinster's pull ups I think Leinster will kind of beat them up up there but It'll be a very, very close affair because Farrell will just kick all day if he's playing. Like so, I'm gonna go yeah. Leinster by two by by a score by seven points. I'm not gonna give you a score. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's familiar ground for Saracens being there last year and beating Munster there in the Viva last year. Um, similar squad. I am absolutely excited to see Sean O'Brien play and steamroll a few guys. I'd say he's absolutely like a caged animal at this stage. And if he is fit, it's going to be, yeah, he's going to be. But uh, hopefully, at Leinster, maybe by a point or two. It's going to be yeah. a tight game again. Uh, but Same, yeah, Leinster, by, Leinster by less than a try, anyway. Um, another tight game. As you say, Saracens, Saracens don't fear anything. Like, you know, they didn't have the best groups they did, but still, they fear anyone. They won it the last two times in a row. Like, Jeez, they're going for three in a row. They'll be hungry. Yeah, like but, um, Saracens still. got Saracens got out of their pool by beating, having two away wins in the last two last two games or something. Yeah. Didn't they? So they're hungry. I'd say. There you go. So look, um, okay, that pretty much wraps up the predictions, and previews. Uh, anything else to chat about ahead of this weekend? Let me check my notes. Um, the research notes that our producer prepared. I just heard a funny one uh, <laughs> and it was kind of on the back of the Six Nations again so after the celebrations when the Irish team came home um, I think there was a day two of celebrations but uh, Dan <laughs> Le- and uh, <laughs> did you hear this but Dan Levy and James Ryan were, were spotted in the gym the next day after after the rest of the team being absolutely hung over no way two no way. session two guys yeah so I think it was just the, the young guys <laughs> being able to do it and the older guys not yeah yeah <laughs> 
I saw that in social media it was quite funny you can't imagine the Rob Carney's and like getting up to go to the gym like the old fogies like do you see they all give him abuse for having old man strength <laughs> <laughs> it's all over Instagram and stuff isn't there a, there's a professional John, Johnny Sexton had an Instagram it was like a professional bodybuilding or a, a strongman competition and one of the competitors was called <laughs> Rob Carney I saw that yeah <laughs> Um, and congratulations to Peter O'Manny I'm sure he's listening got engaged oh did he uh, yeah I think I saw that on Instagram oh, yeah geez, I the... better look on Instagram he's, he's one of the, one of Dubai's out in Dubai oh, uh, he's in that's great Best I didn't realise that Murray, yeah. um, you just reminded me of Dubai when you were talking about Sexton being a bore uh, out in Leinster and I was like ah sure half the lads are having a crack out in, out in Dubai <laughs> you enjoy your time <laughs> out in training um, okay, so that is that. Um, time for a quick quiz. I'm I'm ready to rumble. Let's go. Um, this week's topic, in light of the Champions Cup returning, is about the history of the European Rugby Champions Cup. So that's the initial European Cup, the Heineken Cup, and the Champions Cup. Three questions each, and a tiebreaker if needs be. Oh, Who good. wants to go first? Uh, I heard Muller wants to go first. Okay. Yeah, I love going first. Brady Martin. <laughs> Who was the first ever winner of the European Rugby Champions Cup in 1995 <laughs> When he says, let me think about it, he's saying, let me Google this. Like, so you want to no, be... No, honestly, I'm yeah. not Googling. Five seconds. I want to go somewhere like Sale. Sure. Uh, no. Can Correct I answer guess? Is... Okay, two points if you get it, one point if the other person steals. Okay. Um... Rules on the fly. <laughs> is it too loose? Yes. Whoa! Oh. Point for Jenny. They beat Cardiff, actually, 2118. What? Yeah. Um, okay, Johnny, your question? Who's the first team to win back-to-back titles? Wasps. No, it was Leicester. You dope. Hey. You let them win, I guess. <laughs> oh, Leicester. Leicester. Uh, Leicester. <laughs> okay. We'll scrap that rule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to go between the Wasps and Leicester. And, well, honestly, would you have said Leicester? Yes. You're a liar. Like. <laughs> like, no, it, only, it only affects Johnny because he got the steal right. But look, there's no steals this week. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. All right, well, first team to go three in a row. That's a tough one. Um, three Champions Cups or any Cups in a row. Um, Leicester? No, it was Toulon. Oh, was it? Toulon. Jesus. Yeah. I was going to say The only to go. Um, Toulon in 12, 13, 13, 14, 14, 15. Jesus, I didn't know that. Okay, Johnny. Who's the first Irish team to win the European Rugby Champions Cup? Ulster. Correct. 1998, 1998, 1999 against, how do you pronounce it? Colomiers? Don't ask me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the year. What exactly happened? I can't remember. The English teams were boycotting or on strike. So they actually didn't have to beat the English teams to win it. So there's always that little asterisk against Ulster's victory. So I like oh, to claim no it for Ulster. Way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, look, fair play to them. We let them have it. Yeah. Humphreys and the boys. Um, okay, Martin. 
Wait, one point for Johnny. You ready? Yes. Who's the first English team to win the competition? Now, you tried guessing an English team as the first team to win it, and you guessed Sale, which was wrong, so that's one removed. Um, First English team. You need to get this right to stay in the game. Is it going to be... I'm in two minds. I actually don't know who it is. English team. It was a Welsh team? 1997-1998. Oh, I do know who it is, I think. Is it going to be... The Google has been way out here. Three, two... One, go. Uh, he doesn't know because he's trying to Google it. Like, <laughs> so no, no. Not is it London? I- is it uh, London Irish? Going... No, it's Bath. 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 Oh, spoof for all. Like. Yes, spoof. No, okay. Bath. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. <laughs> they defeated Breve, and actually, Breve were going for their second title in a row. Like, it's hard to believe these days, but yeah, it would have oh, been massive. It, it, um, it was 1918 was... to to bat. Um, it was played in Bordeaux. Thirty six and a half thousand attendance. <laughs> that just flew back into your head. Oh, it's amazing! You can remember that. You're what six or seven years old. Jeez, that just popped back in. I watched the highlights last night, actually. Oh, Arsha. Just for a pig iron there. What was the last question? Um, what French team has last has lost three of the last Come five on. finals? Yeah. Then, actually, tiebreakers. Who can get the first one of these? Name one of the stadiums hosting the next two finals. Uh, oh, San Meneza. San... So, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I pronounce it San Mene, I have no idea. It's uh, Atletico Bilbao Stadium. Yeah, and then cool. the, year, the year after that is? It's not Murrayfield, is it? Edinburgh, isn't it? Yeah, no, it Ed- you're not far off. You're not far off. I thought it was Edinburgh as well. Where is it? Oh, St. James's Park. That's ah. it. Yeah. Cool. We were there. We, we saw... Who did we, we see there? We saw New Zealand Tonga, was it? We saw Scotland, New Zealand against Tonga and Scotland Samoa, yeah. Scotland Samoa was a fantastic yeah, game in that, that run. It was a belter. Yeah. It was, yeah. was the two hackers. Well, the hacker and the, the sippy against each other. It was yeah. class. Um, uh, yeah, and that was mad. Kind of broke up there as well. The New Zealand Tonga game. Uh, that was man on his 100th cap. Oh no way! Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they were belt. They were actually great games up there. I think I can't remember what way it worked, but I think I had. Then I have Manon who scored the first try and Conrad Smith to score the last or something like that, and it was like hundred to one odds, or I would have won a couple of hundred euro, and it went backwards where Smith scored the first and Nanu scored the last. <laughs> I was gutted. <laughs> um. Anyway, look, good stuff, lads. Yeah. Well done, boys. We made ten episodes. 10 episodes nice clean number you know what we can't stop now we'll have to go to 100 at least oh Jesus okay maybe not 100 <laughs> <laughs> okay guys till next week thanks everyone for listening please keep liking sharing subscribing commenting rating it makes a difference to us massive difference to us believe it or not and we appreciate it so until next week best luck guys take it easy cheers guys ciao See you for now bye bye good luck good luck good luck good luck Look.